What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 263. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy. Talk about Patreon, merch shop, books, television, video games. Thanks for checking us out. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, you took a month off. Yes, I needed a hiatus. We gave you a break here from uh, the daunting task of podcasting. Um, we can get into that in a moment if we need to. But first, I got to talk about our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash a podcast of Mo. You can go there and give any amount of money, a dollar or more, and get early access to the podcast if you give enough. Like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall the Dharma Initiative Bear, itsyourboyh2.com, and Jackie Daytona. You can be a co-producer and get shouted out like that on every normal episode. And you just probably listen to that and you're like, they said my name. That's fucking awesome. That's nice how I imagine. List. Yeah, it's a long list. And then uh, we have some others that, you know, just pay for the early access, which we totally appreciate them as well. And then we have a merch shop. Have not sold much merch lately, which is shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast. I probably need to re-up get myself a new podcast shirt. It's been a while. Mine's kind of old. Um, we'll see. We'll see if I do that. Um, all right. I think that's about all I have. But yeah, you t- got the month off because your grandfather passed away and I didn't want to drag you on here. Yeah, it's been a rough spring. Um, it was like the middle of spring break, really. Yeah, it was March 18th. Yeah. So it's been over a month now, but it hit everyone really hard. He was definitely like, I guess you could say like the the head of the family. I don't know. Um, I mean, I would say your grandma's probably right, the head because she's the head of the household. But or like she's like the right there together. Right. So, but he's very much loved. Yes. It, it's, it's definitely been hard. Um, kind of a surprise. We weren't really expecting it. So. Uh, but yeah, I haven't been able to focus much on anything. I've just been mostly watching TV shows. Yeah. Since then, so most of the books that I have to talk about are actually books I read in March before that happened. And then one that I was reading in the middle of all of that and finished late um, at the beginning of April. Right. So my I kind of told myself I wasn't really sticking to the reading challenge anymore at this point. It's just kind of what happens happens from here on out for the year. Right. I'm hoping this summer I'll get more excited about my free time and things like that yeah yeah you definitely haven't been reading as much lately but you did read some in march so you do have some books to talk about i have four to talk about today um are we ready to just get into it um yeah i say let's just uh get into some book talk okay so the first book that i like read in march Actually, this this book I started in February. It's a big one. Um, let's see, just out of curiosity, it's over five hundred or over six hundred pages. So this one I started in the middle of February and finished 
in the beginning of March. Uh, it's called The Hearts Invisible Furies. And I meant to look up how to say the author's last name. John Boyne. I'd say Boyne. Yeah. He is the author of The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. If you guys know that movie, it's pretty popular. Uh, it's a World War II movie, but it's also a book that he wrote. And The Hearts Invisible Furies came out at some point after that novel. Um, but it was the 2017 Book of the Year with Book of the Month. And it's been one that I had been on my radar for a long time. And I'm just going to read you the insert because I don't think I can do the book justice. This book might be my favorite book of the year so far. Good to know. So it says, um, Cyril Avery is not a real Avery, or at least that's what his adoptive parents tell him. And he never will be. But if he isn't a real Avery, then who is he? Born out of wedlock to a teenage girl cast out from her rural Irish community and adopted by a well-to-do if eccentric Dublin couple via the intervention of a hunchback redemptorist nun, Cyril is adrift in the world, anchored only tenuously by his close friendship with the infinitely more glamorous and dangerous Julian Woodbead. At the mercy of fortune and coincidence, he will spend a lifetime coming to know himself and where he came from, and over his many years will struggle to discover an identity, a home, a country, and much more. In this, Boyne's most transcendent work to date, we are shown the story of Ireland from the 1940s to today through the eyes of one ordinary man. The Heart's Invisible Furies is a novel that sparks both laughter and tears while reminding us all of the redemptive power of the human spirit. So it is a wonderful book. Some would say it's inappropriate. It definitely has a lot of sexual scenes. Um <laughs> But there, there's a lot of really funny moments as well. Um, and then there's some really sad moments. That I definitely cried hard through. Um, but yeah, the main character is gay and he's growing up in a community that is very conservative and hates gay people. Like, yeah, I remember when you were reading it, um, you saying it was inappropriate. There are things that you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of fucked. But yeah, well, I mean, just... I guess I'll go ahead and say it because no one in here will probably read ever it. read yeah. it. But there's one scene where he is confessing to a priest all of his sexual encounters with men. And the old priest just dies right there in the concession or conf not confession, confession, confessional. Um, and the way it's written, you just laugh. And it's like you shouldn't be laughing as a priest just died. So I don't know. Well, it's kind of ironic because so many priests have also. <laughs> well, I guess that's true, depending on how you look at it. Um, but like little things like that, like I could see why people would get offended by it. And um, I read some of the reviews I read were people saying how the book was not for them because of situations like that. But I thought, you know, just powered through them. They weren't really that big of a deal to me. In fact, I laughed most of the time. Right. And there's another funny scene where like a statue he gets engaged to a woman, even though he doesn't like women and she's a horrible woman and a statue falls and kills her. And it's like, I don't know. It's just funny when it happens, right. but it shouldn't be. So I don't know. It's a really good book. I don't know if they'll ever make it into a movie, but uh, in today's world, it sounds like it. I think it would make a, or a good like mini series. It's long. Everything is made from books now. And in our 
very pro LGBTQ question mark world, I think it will for sure. There's also there's just a higher chance, I think. There is an interesting chunk when he's in New York in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic that was hitting the state and country that no one wanted to talk about. And um, I mean, if it can make be made into like a series, the I can see it happening. Or like, you know, some episode things, because those just do well these days. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I it does the little insert didn't give a whole lot away about like the characters and stuff, but his best friend Julian is the man that he's been in love with his entire life. But Julian is very heterosexual, loves the ladies. And so he never tells him about his gay identity. And when Julian does find out, he feels betrayed. So there's like a whole friendship storyline throughout um as well as Cyril eventually finding his true love and all of that and stuff but it's really good it's really sad it will break your heart well right on glad you liked it Pro- so far it's my favorite book of the year um the second book i read i don't have with me cuz i lent it out but it's called concrete rose i have a picture of it on my phone to show you i remember what it looked like this red book <laughs> Um, it's by Angie Thomas. It's from the Hate You Give author, right? Yes. So some of you probably have heard of the Hate You Give, either the movie or the book. I don't know. But um, I never saw the movie. I need to, I need to see it. Uh, but this Concrete Rose is the story of the father in the Hate You Give. So it goes back in time to like the 80s when he was growing up in the same area. And... He has two kids, two or he has like a girlfriend that's had a baby that he didn't know was his until later on. And then um, he has a new girlfriend who gets pregnant. So he's trying to support two families and he ends up getting involved into some gang activity because it's the only way to make money um, quickly. And he has to go through a lot of grief when some people pass away that are close to him and murdered and all that. So it was a definitely like a coming of age story because he has to fight his way out of that situation. And he, he does cause you, you all, that's one thing about the book is you know, what's going to happen to him in the end. Cause you've already read the hate you give. Right. So you kind of know that he is going to win and persevere overcome all of this, but you could read this one first yeah, I think that would be a good way to go about it. Right. But it was good. Um, I really liked it. I haven't read the On the Come Up, which is her second book. This is actually her third book. So I skipped On the Come Up, which I'll probably try to read at some point. I have a copy. I don't know when I'll get to it, but right on. I like Angie Thomas. I think she connects a lot with kids today and they need more books that they actually can relate to. Right. A lot of kids don't like to read. Which is sad. Well, yeah. Well, and all the kids' books are like, in a post-apocalyptic world where kids are heroes. And it's like, well, that's fun. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily connect. And it was nice that it was from a boy's perspective. I feel like I read it mostly from, like, it, the YA books that I read are usually teenage girl perspectives. So- that's a shit in video games, too. Over the last, I'd say, 10 years, there's, like, way more of a shit for your main character being a female into where now it's almost like every time every game is you're like come on i think it was i guess because for so long there were only boys and now they're trying to make up for that but then it seems like i just want to create a character myself but 
But anyway. it was, it, I think it was good for any, you know, anyone to read, but good also for teenage boys. Right. Um, so moving along, the next book I read is Skinny. It was a skinny mini. Oh, I was like, you read a book about skinny? No. <laughs> um, this one's short. I read it, I believe, in like 24 hours. It's called Infinite Country by Patricia Engel. The first time I picked it up, I kept falling asleep. See, the cover looks really cool. It is cool. Um, there's a story about the condor, the jaguar, and the python. I don't know, some type of snake. Um, it's set in South America. And it's, gosh, it's been forever since I read this one. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm having to look back over the description here. Uh, you have two storylines happening and one of them is this girl named Talia who escaped from a correctional facility for adolescent girls. Um, and she is in Colombia trying to get to her family in America. And then you have her mother's storyline of her in America uh, coming to America when she was younger with her husband and how you know, so you have like two different timelines happening, two different storylines, and eventually that kind of all comes together in the end. But I found the chapters about the mother the most interesting. Um, she's you know trying to get her family to America from Colombia because of all the cartels and just the danger that they live in there. They think they have better opportunities, and she doesn't want to separate from her husband. Eventually, he was going to go by himself, but she was determined that they should go together and then when they get there it's still dangerous here because they're illegal immigrants and so it's just kind of interesting to see that perspective about how you know they still felt in danger and never actually felt safe so there's a lot of I guess this inherited trauma that's coming along into the storyline as well but anyway um, it was short but it was good, educational, uh, give you new insight into immigration and just kind of some of the issues surrounding it. Borders used to not be as like so controlled and immigration wasn't that much of a problem because people had more of a nomadic. Right. I kind of explained this actually somewhere recently on the podcast because I tell everyone to listen to Revisionist History. It's the best podcast ever, maybe. But there is one about immigration and it changed the border patrol in this old like Marine general was put in charge of the border and he would like got real strict on it. But before that, almost all the immigrants that came into work left to go home in the winter, you know, right. and it was like, they didn't stay and you, there's some arguments to be made. What we do now is definitely way worse on our economy or whatever. So, and you know, she wanted to come back home, but she couldn't risk. Exactly. Yeah. They mentioned that a lot, like how people want to come home now, but they just can't risk it. And so she sends her daughter to Columbia at one point, because her daughter is was born in America, so she knows her daughter can get back at any time. But her daughter is technically in danger down there, too. Um, she was just raised by her grandma, and then her grandma dies, and then she has to, you know. So it's a lot about just, like, I guess, being caught in another culture and feeling displaced and just never actually feeling at peace with where you are. So it's kind of... Very sad, kind of a downer book, but it was it was powerful. It was good, and they packed a lot in uh, just a few pages. So, right. I like it. I would give it um, 
I think I gave it like four stars, which is pretty good. And then the last book that I have is called Z, a novel of Zelda Fitzgerald. And as you know, I always thought Zelda Fitzgerald was a fascinating person. Yeah, you, you're a big fan. She's the wife of F. Scott Fitzgerald, in case you don't know. Um, and she was, I guess, what they would call America's first flapper. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but that's the tagline she's often given. Um, and I believe, I mean, I could be wrong, that Zelda is named after... The game. Yeah, I mean, like, the game, I think, is named after her. Right. Because I don't, I don't know of any other famous Zelda besides the, those two. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any. Her... She's from um, Alabama originally. She was a Southern socialite. Her father was um, a judge, very serious and proper. But she was, I guess they, in the book, it tells us that she was diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia disorder. Um, But maybe she had other issues and was mistreated throughout her life, like medically speaking. Um, but anyway, she was always very wild in the life of the party. And when F. Scott Fitzgerald met her at a dance, it was like instant love. And he was just taken away with her. Um, you kind of have to know a little bit about him as well. But he was not rich. A lot of people might assume he was because he went to prep schools. But his family was actually very much working class And it was his mother's extended family that had the money to send him to school. So Fitzgerald always kind of felt um, out of place, I guess. And when he met her, she was like everything that he wanted to have, her her success, her social standing. And so it's a lot of the Gatsby story, if you've read The Great Gatsby um, with Gatsby and Daisy. But anyway, um, this goes a lot more into just her life and their time spent in Paris and she had, they had a daughter together, but he was very, I guess, jealous of her abilities. She was a very good writer on her own and he didn't like that. She didn't praise him as much in the end. There's a lot in here about Ernest Hemingway and his first marriage. Um, so I don't know. It's really good historical fiction. It's not um, an autobiography. It's a novel. So You can't take it for fact, but it was good. I really liked it. Right on. She she had a sad ending in her life. She was in and out of sanatoriums, and she eventually was trapped in a hospital fire, and she died in a hospital fire. Yeah, that sucked. And Fitzgerald, he died before her. He was an alcoholic and had heart trouble, and he died of a heart attack. But they were separated for years at the end, and he had um, another mistress. So they loved each other, but as they say in the book, they used each other up. I don't know. They took advantage of each other a lot. And right. Weren't very nice to each other. But, I mean, they've been dead a long time, and people are writing books about them and TV shows about them. So yeah, there's a TV a show based on this book on Amazon Prime called Z, The Beginning of Everything. And you should check it out. It's really good. I was really mad when they didn't give it a sec- season two. But season one is definitely worth the watch. Yeah, you've watched it a lot. I usually watch it every spring. Just a spring show. Yep. 
But that makes <laughs> four books for March. And I haven't really checked my total. I think I'm at like 12 books for the year. Something like that. Let me check real quick. Uh, yeah, that was book 12. I am currently reading another book, but I'm going to save it in case I come back in the future. Right. It, it's it'll, it's my April read, but I'm not quite finished. Right. Well, we'll see if you get back into it. And I know you're also listening to some audio books as well. Yeah. The one that I'm technically have right now is an audio book. It's not one that I've actually been reading, reading, but it's like, I don't even know. 15 hours long. It's a long one. I mean, I would like to get an audio books. I just, I'm so in a podcast. I listen to so many podcasts, you know, it's like, when will I listen, add more, but there are times where I run through all the podcasts. I'm like, I have nothing to listen to, which is crazy. Cause I subscribe to 32 different podcasts. Yeah. That's but, kinda crazy. Uh, I don't listen to all of them or every episode of all of them. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not feeling it today, but I need to get into that. Also, I say this all the time. I want to get into reading, but the, over the last month, I've thought about it and mentioned it way more. So yeah. I've definitely been thinking about reading more. It's just going to make myself have to do it and then get into it and all that. Yeah, I picked up a book this afternoon, but I don't know if I was just already tired, but I just fell asleep. <laughs> right. That's how it goes. Um, and like I said, you watch a lot of TV. So I try to think oh, of all yeah. the shows we watched. Um, we actually haven't watched too many new things. Uh, we've been rewatching a lot of stuff. So like... You know, The Office, I'm slowly on uh, getting through all my DVDs. Um, I've noticed that every once in a while there's like some extra scenes on the DVDs that there weren't on Netflix, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it really throws me off because I'm like, I know that wasn't there. I know, but it's hard to prove it because it's not on Netflix for me to go check it. So, right. Um, that's always fun. And then, um, you know, every night still watching Stargate SG1 because it's. Yeah, it's the bedtime show. It is a bedtime show, but it's it's great. I just think everyone out there should uh, give Stargate SG-1 a shot if you're okay with really not great special effects. Yeah, and I'm not really like a sci-fi person, but I've come to appreciate it. Yeah. I like the show, and it's la- it has lots of loud sound effects when you're trying to go to sleep. It makes it hard to sometimes block out. So I don't know if I would recommend it as a bedtime show for everyone, <laughs> but it's what we watch at night. Right. Um, I also was rewatching a bunch of Downton Abbey because I like it. Yeah. And it's my comfort show, as you called it the other day. Right. It is. Uh, but we did watch a few new ones. The first one that, well, I don't know if we talked about it last time I was on or not, but we did watch this the Allen versus Pharaoh. I felt like we thought we were talked about talking about it beforehand, but then when we got on here, we forgot to talk yeah, about it. So we, fi- we did watch that like a long time ago. Yeah. And that was, uh, Woody, people, Allen. Woody Allen and Mia Pharaoh and this whole, did he, or did he not, uh, molest his adopted yeah. daughter with her named shit. What was her name? It was something weird, you know, like unique. I wonder, was it like, I know Ronan is the the boy, the son who grew up to be a journalist and actually helped break the Me Too movement. That's how this started. Uh, fuck, I don't remember what the main little girl's name was. But anyway, yeah, um, really should. If we would have talked about it last time, we definitely would have known it. <laughs> but it's been a while. Um, and yeah, if you watch this documentary, of course, you're going to think and like I do after watching it, like, yeah, he totally did it. But then. I would say if they would have kept it at two, if they could have wrapped it up after two of them, I would have definitely felt like that. But honestly, I guess maybe when they went to episode three and four and just kept on, I was like, it is just the same stuff over and over, though. Like, they just keep harping on the same stuff, which leads me to think, like, 
I don't know. I don't know. Her name was Dylan. Dylan. There it is. And, uh, you know, I, I understand his argument of like, they're just mad because I fell in love with Sue Yang and I'm living a perfect life. And now they're just mad about that. You feel like he was inappropriate with her, too. Yeah. So when she was younger, I'm of the opinion that anyone over a certain age flirting or doing anything with any teenager is creepy, regardless if they're over 18 and a teenager. I'm still like, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think even before all of the Dylan stuff became like huge public knowledge, I think he was definitely being gross with his. Well, in like every one of his movies, there's like older man yeah. dates teenager. That was like <laughs> one whole episode was about his films and how it kind of tells us all we need to know. Right. Like, I think, was it Manhattan, his famous one? Yeah, it was, was one I had never seen. It, it was, was like, like all black and white. And like the whole movie is like an old man dating a 16 year old. And it's, he's like obsessed with her. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, that one was definitely guilty one, for sure. Uh, we also watched a, a new series on amazon that's come out um it's an animated series called invincible right yeah so i've been uh pretty into it i've been wanting to be into it more than i'm actually into it i guess i would say like i'm like let's watch it there's a new episode and uh i would tell anyone to watch the first episode but even then the first episode's not great it just has a good last scene i would say the at the beginning it's slow but it does end on a intense note if i remember correctly yeah and then i liked the the finale but you didn't necessarily like it as much as i did and there were several episodes in the middle that i did not pay attention to. i didn't hate the finale i just predicted it on the first or yeah. second episode <laughs> exactly what was i was like i bet he says and i kind of said exactly what the ending is and then that of this first season so it's not nothing against it i was just like ah oh, it is like that and then the explanation in the finale doesn't make sense but apparently the comic book it's based on, it makes a lot more sense. So maybe it's just I should research a little bit or whatever. But it is a cool superhero show. And I'm not really into superhero stuff normally. But I like the fact it's not Marvel or DC. It's like, you know, their Something own heroes. New. It's not like you're going to see a guy and be like, oh, I know who that guy is. He's going to do that. Like, you don't, I don't have a clue what anyone can do. And then and you're, you're just learning it all on the fly. Um, the, the two alien guys are probably my two favorite at first Blue. because, it, yeah, they play run the jewels every time they come on screen. <laughs> and I was like, well, I like these guys. Um, and then they have this robot guy has a cool storyline. There's also like a million fucking characters. Yeah, so there's a bunch of characters. Right now, there's only one season. If they keep it going, I'm sure it's just going to be very deep. Right. And keep going if, if they can keep it going. And Amazon has an infinite amount of money. So I have a feeling they might. This might be their investment for a long term thing, but we'll see. But I really want to like it. And it's very gruesome. I guess that's what I say. It saying. was bloody. It's, and it's weird to see a ca- cartoon be b- that bloody, but. Right. Like, uh, the, the actual thing that probably makes the sticks out to me the most I really like is like one of the main one of the main guys is doing Omni Man. And if he wants to like kill someone, he'll just karate chop him in half. And like you never see Superman karate chop someone in half. And I just thought I like I really enjoy it. I'm like, I love every time that happens. I'm always like giddy like a kid. I'm like, oh, he dropped him in half. It's crazy. And um, in the finale, his eyes kept getting pinker and pinker and bloodshot. And it was kind of creepy, too. Yeah. Well, one guy threw his thumbs in on the episode oh, yeah, before. That's right. That's right. So they're like getting irritated. But yeah, anyway, crazy, um, crazy show. Invincible. I highly recommend it. If you have Amazon Prime, you should just check out Amazon Prime Video because it has some of our favorite shit. We yeah, also we've watched a lot. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So we've been, been rewatch. Been rewatching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it's so good. I mean, at least the first two seasons are. Uh, the third season, 
we haven't got there yet, but in our memory, it wasn't as good, but that's why we're rewatching it. Well, I remember not liking season two as much, I felt like. I remember not liking season three because it's less stand-up and it's more about, like... She goes to Vegas. Yeah, but it's more about, like, racial and gay rights stuff as all three. Like, that's what the more the premise of the episodes are more than, like, her being a comedian, in my opinion. Mm. You know, because she's with the whatever singer guy. Yeah. It's, like, more about him, I always felt like. She outs him. Right. Um, I also watched, and you watched some of it with me, the Ken Burns, Ernest Hemingway documentary series from PBS. I know. I thought it was really good. It was good. It was, a, I think, a three episodes. Three or four. And I think they were, t- I think it was three episodes, two hours each. So they're long, uh, but he had a very interesting life. And there is more to him than people realize, I think. Right. Um, I've only read The Old Man in the Sea. So one of my goals this summer is to read another Hemingway book. Um, well, I think um, like I don't find this is a weird sentence. I think he really uh, spoke to me as personality because he has like the he's not like a feminine man, but he is creative, you know, like I don't know, like he's still like a manly man, but he done creative things. And like uh, that made him seem cool, like not many guys that could have fought in a bar fight. were going to also write a book. Right. But he. He did have some gender norms that he was breaking. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, it was just often behind the scenes. Nobody really knew about it. Um, yeah, because he had that one uh, wife who... His last wife. They would gender swap in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, it was revealed in the first episode that his mother treated him like one of her daughters. She had girls and he was her first you know she had i think two girls and then he came along and he was often dressed up as a girl and played with his sisters and i don't really know a lot about the whole debate on gender identity i really don't but it seemed like that that imprinted on him right as a a young man and often wanted to wear women's clothing and right i mean i i think you know of course we're not scientists that whole playing with certain toys thing is fascinating. Uh, there was one guy in my high school who his mother did that to him. He was an only child and he always, I mean, I don't know if he was trans, you know, I haven't talked to this person in a long, long time. I don't know if he's alive or anything, but um, it was very clear how he was, he was just very feminine and he said his mom treated him like a girl. And then now thinking, looking back on it with, you know, the movements we've had, I'm like, Oh shit. I don't even think about that. I bet he, there's a good chance he was, you know? Yeah. But, and it was just all because his mom wanted a girl. I mean, that was the story. That's how it went. I don't know. But it was interesting because later in Hemingway's life, he often wrote about how much he hated his mother. Like she was overly affectionate to him as a young kid. And then they ended up having a very bitter relationship late in, later in life, which I think is kind of interesting. You wouldn't expect that. You, th- you would think they would always be close. But he hated her. He often talked about how much he despised her. Um but yeah, he he was fascinating. He was always like on the cusp of world events that were happening. He was a traveling journalist with his, I think his third wife. He was married four times, I think. Yeah. And his third wife. Was the rich one, I think. Yeah, one of them was she, rich. And- she was already like a well-renowned war correspondent or something that like it. that. Yeah. Um, and 
they I thought their time together during the Spanish Civil War or whatever it was that they were covering was interesting. Right. But yeah, it was it was a good series and you can watch it on the PBS app if you have it. it that one you can watch for free, I think. Yeah, so y'all check out that PBS app. <laughs> I recently downloaded it and got a subscription. It's $5 a month for PBS Passport. And with that, I watched another show called Atlantic Crossing, um, which was about World War II and the princess, Princess Martha and Prince Olav of Norway and their escape from the Nazis uh, during World War Two, and she is was like I guess best friends with FDR, which was yeah. A she whole, like lived in the White House, and which is crazy. Only for a short time. Yeah, she, but like the fact her, we've never known that about World War Two. Yeah, she had her own house. Um, it was just thirty minutes drive from the White House, but FDR apparently she was his last love, and it, I learned a lot about him and Eleanor, and so I really liked that series, and it was good. I watched it quick. It has subtitles at the beginning, but once she comes to America, there's less of that. I mean, I didn't quite. I mean, if they're being accurate to FDR, then I mean, it is what it is. But I just didn't love the FDR Ellen. I don't know. I just there's something about that all seemed weird and odd to me. But like I how know, they were portrayed. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Something about it seemed weird to me, but. I know, well, like, they had, I guess, a very much a, a relationship marriage. of convenience and not of love and he romance. had an affair with a secretary, um, and she discovered it, and they want she wanted to divorce, but they didn't because they knew that they would be more successful together, and. Basically, in this show, of course, it's all fiction, but it implies that. She actually did a lot for him that he wasn't strong enough to do in his case, in his state. And she would travel and do a lot of his. Um, I know she thought it was being the best work for him or most accomplished first lady. Yeah. You know, until maybe Michelle Obama, because she actually did a lot that people probably will never give her credit for um, for an yeah. unpaid position. Right. Um and you also watch I have one more show on here for you. Shadow and Bone. Yeah. It which was is a Netflix show. Um, and you were pissed about I it. I read the books. So it's a whole s- world called the Grishaverse. And there's. If you're a long time listener, I'm sure you remember <laughs> talking about these books all the time back then. They, there's a three. There's a trilogy called Shadow and Bone. There's a duology called Six of Crows. And then there's a whole other series after that. But the show tries to combine the two series together but they're set like 300 years apart. Not 300, like 30. No. Like 30 years apart. But it's it just doesn't make sense. Um, in the first trilogy, there's like a whole war happening. And this thing called the fold. If you've watched the trailer, you might recognize these phrases. But um, the main character, Alina Starkov, is... A Grisha, unbeknownst to her, she has this magical power. Yeah, a Grisha is just magic users. Yeah, she has this magical power where she can summon the sun, the light. And so they think that she is some sent saint that can tear down this shadow fold that has all these evil creatures living in them that kill you. And there's this whole other character called the Darkling who 
in the book, you he's the Darkling, and you don't really call him General Alexander or whatever they call him in this show. So he's General Alexander, but he's the Darkling. And um, he's evil and clearly the bad guy. But there's in Six of Crows, 30 years later, the fold has already been destroyed. And Kaz and his and the crows have their whole other storyline where they're trying to get this money. Yeah, it's like a heist story. It's like a heist storyline. And it has nothing to do with the magic three shit. books. Right. There are Grisha in it, but it's not like that's just part of the setting. It's not right. The, it's not the story. main plot. <clears throat> I mean, it kind of is in the background, but anyway. And so in the show, they take Kaz and his crew and try to connect it to the first three books. And it just totally ruined it for me. I just, because I really like Six of Crows a lot, way better than Shadow and Bone. Yeah. You would have just rather them do two separate shows. Yeah. And I don't know why they tried to just. Right. I mean, you bought the rights. Let's make two shows. Yeah. One Netflix. I know Lee Bardugo, the author, is working hand in hand with Netflix, but. hmm. Mm. Yeah, you know what? George R. R. Martin was working hand in hand with HBO, but it's still fucked up Game of Thrones. <laughs> and so now, whenever the 10 year anniversary things popped up the other day of like re watch on HBO, it was just everyone being like, remember how fucking shitty those fin- final two seasons were? Like, everyone was just so mad. Um, yeah. Well, if you watch Shadow and Bone and you decide to read the books, you're going to be in for a world of surprise because Kaz and Inej and Jasper and all of those characters are just not in it. There's a few that like connect the all three series together, but it's not the main characters. They're the side characters. So anyway, I guess if you hadn't read the book, she'd probably be like, yeah, that was pretty good. But I was a little disappointed. Right. It reminds me of this week on Twitter. Someone I follow or I'm friends with, they wrote ready player one is so good or something like that. And I put, bro, that's my favorite fucking book. I love it. And they're like, oh, I was talking about the movie. And I was like, the movie's the worst piece of shit ever. Okay. <laughs> and then they were like, well, I haven't read the book. And I was like, well, I guess I read the book. Maybe I'd be okay with it. But knowing what the book is. And what it turned into, it like, oh my god, I just can't understand it. And then even now, it's probably ruined my whole thought of Ready Player Two. You know, I'm trying to get through that mm-hmm. book, and I haven't even touched it because I'm like, who cares anymore? They ruined it with that movie. Well, I'm sorry. Fucking Spielberg. On a side note, if you're <laughs> wanting a tip, a hot tip on the next up and coming Netflix show based on a book, it's going to be probably my top series out there. By B.E. Schwab. Uh-huh. A Darker Shade of Magic. And they're going to turn that into a show. And it's just one series. They're not going to try to mix and match. It's a pretty generic name. Let's see how that goes. Um, all right. We watched a few movies, things as well. One is I brought up a little bit, I think, on this to Snappy, but I'm sure he didn't care or watch it. But Nate Bergazzi was a stand-up comedian that I watched, and then I forced you to watch it again, like, the next day. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, it was funny. I think... I don't really remember any standout jokes, but I think I remember it. It was a little too clean. I mean, there were a couple times where you laughed out loud to... Like, I hadn't heard you laugh that loud in a long time, and I was like, oh, Coop, really does like this. I'm glad I picked a good one. (laughs) But you're right. It's been a couple weeks, so I don't remember exactly... Um, I mean, I remember laughing really loud of him talking about how he bought two reversible jackets and he was yeah. like, 
And they went at the counter were like, are you sure? And I was like, hey, buddy, I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, was, it was good because it was like there's it's all PG or whatever. I and think so it was it's mostly really, just like life observations in an interesting way. Yeah. He's like a little bit older than us. And so he's like, you're a bit of the store. Blah, blah. And he has this whole like, I'm not very smart. Like my dad had to beg to let them let me out of high school. Yeah. And, you know, he has all these fun stories. So he comes at it from like a not very high play you know he's not talking down to you he's like you one of the people and uh life sucks <laughs> he's gonna tell you about it but anyway really like that and then uh finally got you to watch friday yeah i'd only ever seen bits and pieces of it like i knew a lot of like the highlights but i don't think i'd ever sit down da- sat down and watched it from beginning to end right i mean honestly my thought when watching since it's been a while since i watched it is I don't think it holds up as well as everyone acts like everyone acts like it's a masterpiece classic it's okay it's very simple right there's not a lot going on i agree i agree it's him just wanting to date this girl there's lots of like very quotable lines you know like the other like just today i read a meme which uh does the whole like i'm five two thick look like janet jack you like the thing that and most people that read that meme are probably not at all gonna realize that is a reference to friday like so there are a lot of things that permeate pop culture but just the movie in of itself i'm like I think Booty Call might be better and Players Club might be better. Like all these other quote unquote black movies that I watch in that time frame. I'm like, I think I might like those uh, more in the hunt. But I, I haven't watched those in forever either. So um, and I, next Friday. I liked Friday's the dead. dad a lot, but I did not like the sound effects when he went to the bathroom. Yeah. Lots that of, stuck out way too much. Yeah. I remember you're like, why are, why is he sound? Epi-? I agree. I agree. The poop humor is not needed in a movie that's supposed to be like good. Right like a good type of movie so anyway that did sleek out but next friday's better in my opinion it's funnier you know it's made to be a funnier movie and so maybe that's also i liked your me. change to the <laughs> ending that you proposed i don't even remember what it was where they all oh yeah i was like where it got real dark so my pitch if i was remaking uh friday is um just the whole neighborhood kills debo <laughs> he's like, horrible he's like instead of them character. being like we'll let craig fight him like they should all have just come together, killed him, hid the body, and then it turns like a real dark, like for the neighborhood sort of shit. I just think that would have been like, or like, let's make a movie like that. Like someone terrorizes the neighborhood and the neighborhood takes it in their own hand because cops ain't doing nothing for them and they take out the neighborhood bully and then they got to keep the secret. You know, I just think this is. I guess the idea is that he did take out the neighborhood bully with, just without killing him. But you learn it next Friday, he escapes from getting oh. taken to jail and then he's coming after Craig. So. Well, then I guess there wouldn't be a next Friday. That's true. Oh, it'd be a different movie. That's for sure. Um, and then we watched the Mortal Kombat movie because we have HBO Max. I'm like, we need to get our money's worth. And I didn't like it. I didn't care for it either. But I kind of already knew that going into it. Right. You have no history with Mortal Kombat. Um, I don't know. I just it definitely had won the Internet over for like a week or so there. So I know a lot of people seem to like it. I just the. After the hindsight, the thing I really dislike is that the main character that we we're following, we're under the impression he's Scorpion the whole time. But then, spoilers, he's not. He's like a new person, just whatever his fucking name is. Because then we see Scorpion come from hell, which makes sense because Scorpion is from hell. Scorpion shouldn't be just a fucking dude living on Earth. You know, like that wouldn't make sense either. But I just don't understand how our main character is a guy that I've never played in any of the video I games. I thought he was supposed to be Scorpion's son. Well, it's like Scorpion's long, many, many times down the line descendant. Yeah. They make you think it's the baby at first, but then you realize it's not when like somewhere eventually 
Raiden's like, oh, no, this is many generations of it. I'm like, oh, that's why the kid looks so white. That makes sense, I guess. But anyway, I just don't think the main character should be someone I've never played with on the video game. And now if someone's like, actually, in Mortal Kombat 11, he is in the game, that random new character. I, I guess I don't know that. But to me, he just says bronze man or whatever. Like, I don't was weird. I didn't I didn't love it. But a lot of people online did. And something that really stuck out and I shared a meme about it the other day. I really hated their uh, Sing Song, who's like the main bad guy who rips souls out of the body. I just thought he was a really bad actor. And when I shared that, people were like, oh, that actor's so good. He's good in other stuff. But I've never seen him in other things. I just really disliked him. He'd be like, hey, go do this. And he just didn't seem imposing at all. Whereas in like in the game, he's like the hardest guy, you know. So anyway. Well, uh, yeah, I think we actually watched it in three different sittings. I think we started it, stopped it. Well, started it was it, two. Stopped it. I think it was two. I know we okay. stopped it because I had to come to a podcast. And on the podcast, I mentioned I'm halfway through it right now. Um, and then I think we finished it the next day. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then well, I'm sure there'll be more movies that come out on HBO Max. We'll have to watch, you know, but and the, there've been a few movies in general. where are like, ah, oh, it looks pretty good. We might actually have to watch. Yeah, that movie. there are a couple on Netflix and then there are a few on Amazon Prime that look good. But we rarely watch movies, but I'm trying to get more into it we just need a better router to get better internet in our living room yeah that's a conversation we have a lot it's a whole thing but they're real expensive so i just never get one um but i did finally get a new video game um yeah that i've really been loving called returnal and um it was uh i think i briefly mentioned it on with snappy it was uh 24 hours before the game came out not even that 12 hours before the game came out i'm listening to a couple podcasts that are just like this game is amazing. And then someone mentioned the like, it's kind of like all those roguelikes like Dead Cells and Binding of Isaac. I'm like, those are two of my favorite games ever. And uh, they compared to some other games I don't necessarily like, but I was very interested when it's like, oh, it's a 3D AAA version of these. You do a run, you die, you start over, do a run, start over. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it hooks me definitely in a certain way, but it also is very frustrating when you die, when you think you're doing good. And you're going to apparently have to play it for seven hours to win it. Um, there's someone else I was on to earlier said they've heard after the you get you clear the first two bottoms, there is some sort of checkpoint. Yeah, where you can start there or something. So we'll see. We'll see how <laughs> how you, how it goes about. Uh, but right now I'm having a lot of fun with it. Now, where I'm messing up is I'm going from the first bottom to the second. And I did that, you know, when you're watching last night or whenever that was. And I can, I've been able to go back a few times, but I keep just like, no, no, let me really check out this first one, like really fully explore. And then I get killed because I try this challenge room every time. This happened three times in a row. I'm sure you watched me earlier get all pissed because I was like, what's this gold door? I want to do it. See what that is. And every time I'm like, oh, it starts a challenge where it just waves and waves of enemies way more than I can handle. And eventually I die. And then I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? And then I do it every time yeah, you because learn. the challenge, because I'm like, yeah, but what's the reward? And maybe it's probably nothing. I don't know. I've never been able to beat a challenge room. So anyway, that's how this is going right now is we're having fun playing the game. Eventually, I'll hate it. Um, And then I'm also trying to keep I'm going to have to keep with Stardew Valley to get that platinum, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit at night, probably of just chipping away at it someday. If I ever get the platinum in Stardew Valley, I'll make sure to let everyone know. (laughs) It definitely seems like a monotonous game at this point. I've done almost like all the actual stuff. So it's just very small little things left to do. But you got to wait, like wait until the winter until you can do this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so write it out. Yeah, but it's fun. I enjoy it. It's not stressful, at least. 
Whereas in Returnal, you forget to pause it. Yeah. Oh man, it makes me so mad. <laughs> um, but at least you can. You know, Returnal, you can pause it, but you can't save it. Like you can suspend your, you can put your PlayStation in rest mode. That's about the only thing you can do to stop your game on Returnal without restarting. Yeah. So it's it's very odd. Um, but I like it. So anyway, if anyone out there has a PS5, you might as well buy it. Nothing else exists for the PS5 anyway. True. That's where we're at. It's your first real game. Purchase, right? yeah. And next month, Ratchet and Clank comes out uh, in the beginning of June, I think. And I really want to get that one, but we'll see. We'll see if I get it or not. I probably will. But I'm going to say right now, Is we'll the see. robots? Um, well, they're, they're wombats. Okay. Uh, little animal creatures, but he has a little robot on his back. To me at the moment. Well, I was thinking something different. I see. Yeah. Um, I'll show you. You know, we'll watch YouTube videos together all about Ratchet and Clank. All right. Well, thanks for being on. And uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Hopefully, I'll have more to talk about next time I'm on. Felt like I did a poor job, but thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. They've been fiending for the book talk. (laughs) Peace. Thank you.